Hello, horror fanatics. It is your humble host of horror, the horror heathen, Benjamin Dutil of the Horror Heathen YouTube channel and South Jersey Horror Podcast. Today, I have a very two very special guests, Stephanie Hensley, the director of The Demons Within, and Cody Hessling, the executive producer, also known as the Waddling Penguin Orly. I'm not going yes, <laughs> to... So, The Demons Within, the storyline goes, is that inspired by true terrifying events, when demons infest the cell phone of a troubled teenage girl, her demonic possession soon follows, forcing her atheist parents to seek the help of a Catholic priest in order to survive the unspeakable evil taking over their lives. Starring the awesome Deborah Foreman, Vincent Ward, Ryan Lambert, Andre Gower, two favorite, my favorite childhood heroes from way back in the day of the Monster Squad, Spencer, I'm sorry, Spencer Madison as Izzy and other other Moors. Uh, this movie was awesome. I'm very excited to talk to you two today. So, I'm here. Stephanie, could you care to elaborate how this movie came came to be? How was it produced? What gave you the uh, idea? So, uh, Cody and I met like five or six years ago at a, like a comic convention kind of toy show in Lima, Ohio. And Jeff Davis was a guest there. And he was talking to Cody, really more so than me, about... Um, a script that he had access to that he was wanting to direct. And we both were like, Oh, well, do you want to, should we film in Ohio? Like it just, and it kind of grew from there. Um, it got shelved with COVID. Jeff was originally going to uh, direct and he, him and Cody had some momentum going and then COVID happened and shut everything down for, for an extended period of time. And I think just with that shutdown, he kind of got burnout, which I understand. You have a project sitting, you know, you're working on it, you have momentum, and then you have to shelf it because the whole world shuts down. Trying to get that momentum back is like banging your head against a brick wall. And I think he just got to a point that he kind of maybe felt like, ah, like I've had enough. I've looked at this thing for, for years now and haven't been able to do anything. So he got a hold of Cody and asked Cody if I would be interested in coming back on board and potentially taking over the project as director. Cody can fill you in way more on that stuff because I was out of the loop on that. I just got a message one day like, hey, all bullshitting aside, do you want to direct this movie that you've been like thinking about for five years? Yeah, it, it kind of just to, you know, in a nutshell, you know, how Stephanie said we met at a convention. Jeff, I took him back to the airport. We talked about the script and I it basically said, you know, dude, I, I'm I'm a horror movie fan. I love movies in general. I really don't know what the hell I'd be doing at this point, but if you want to try to get this done in Ohio, I know I could probably hook you up with some locations um, in terms of like travel, stuff like that. Um, you know, my area, my family and extended family, you know, like we could probably get this done for half or a quarter of the budget that you have listed in your, in your mind there. Um, and like I said, you know, we, we kind of started out, we, we tried to do some local casting of characters. We did a few kind of uh, impromptu audition type things and relate it to Jeff. And then we didn't hear anything for a while being that we your East coast, West coast is a challenge in and of itself. But um then we kind of built some momentum. We had talked about some casting. We had kind of got some ideas between Jeff and I about who we'd want to put in certain roles. Um, 
like the main roles uh and like who we thought would fit well and and like the smaller roles and you know who we could who we could uh, go and approach from the genre itself to possibly kind of you know give us that horror star power but also give them something that they can you know just so it didn't come across like oh we just called this person so we could slap their name on the on the title card you know um and then like stephanie said we'd gained some momentum we had you know interested people and COVID happened and we basically didn't really discuss the project for almost a year year and a half it was like jeff said oh we should probably try to shoot it in la now with you know some of the actors being west coast actors it'd be easier that way so at that point i was just going to go hang out with them for a couple a couple days on set and kind of see what they were doing and then march of last year um you know i got the email like i'm burnt out can you approach stephanie and see if she'd want to direct and i'm like uh okay <laughs> like i kind of knew deep down that i would get a yes but i also was like okay um i'm still just the location guy <laughs> right now uh until you come I, work I, with me <laughs> yeah and then it was it was like you know immediately yes let's do this and then that's when the shit storm kind of started <laughs> the late nights the you know, basically we had to recast all but one role because of, you know, the, those COVID related items. And the fact that if we were going to fly seven people from the West coast, we, that was our budget right there. So we could like fly them out, say, Hey, what's up? And then send them back. Um, not shoot a film. <laughs> uh, yeah, we basically recasted main role. Which was cool. Like, yeah, it was, it was cool for I, me because I literally, when I say I had no idea what I was doing, I literally had no idea what I was doing. But and now, for me coming in to direct, it was neat to have, I liked having kind of that, that blank slate of, because obviously, you know, every every visionary has a different vision kind of thing. And I know the direction that I, I wanted to take the story wasn't the same direction Jeff wanted to take it. So when it came to the casting aspect, I had different things I wanted to pull from for the characters to highlight their personalities and their arcs that, and I, I don't know where, where Jeff landed on that. Cause I didn't talk to him in depth on it, but it's just neat to be, especially when it's not your money, you know, it's money that was already in the production. Like here is a budget, make a movie, have fun, cast who you cast, who you can afford, who you, who you want to work with, who you see in these roles. And it, I think it benefited <clears throat> I 1000% gave me the opportunity to deliver the vision I wanted for the story. So speaking of the cast, how were they chosen? I mean, was it easy or was it difficult? Um, um. I think if, if we, if, if Stephanie and I wouldn't have been married at the time and obviously, you know, shared the same uh, preferences in terms of spouses, we, we could probably pull off some kind of long-term like, uh what word am i looking for civil union maybe i'd say our list like our, our top three for 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 who we wanted in the roles um they matched yeah okay. i so, mean deborah, deborah was all stephanie but i'm like uh, i think any 80s kid if the if you didn't crush on deborah foreman at some point then you're not 
human. Oh, totally. I did. When I was a kid. <laughs> I'll be the first. Well, to that, was, that was a big. That was a big jump for me. I, I was like, "There's no way. There's no way this woman's ever gonna respond to this email." And she did almost instantaneous. <clears throat> and it was, it, it was kind of surreal how it happened because she's like, "I, I, you know, I've read stuff and I've been wanting to act again, and I've just not felt." drawn to a project by you as a person in this project she's like i can get behind it so i haven't made a movie in a while let's make a movie and a lot of it too i mean if we had enough time we could go down the list of people we talked to we we got auditions from you know but i i think deeply or a lot of the people that we contacted whether it was stephanie or myself or both of us like we're just like, hey, maybe we should, you know, reach out to so-and-so. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. So it kind of drew from our, like, for me, it was like, you know, you, like with Ryan and, and um, Andre, you know, Andre was just, for whatever reason, I'm, I got a bachelor's degree in writing and communications. And for whatever reason, the way I worded the email, when I, dry, I basically dry emailed him, he said, nobody really does that. I'm like, oh, great. I just blew it. <laughs> he goes, however you or just something about the way you email this, you sent the email about it. He goes, I just felt like, yeah, I'll take a look at it. And he read the script on a flight to a monster squad reunion convention type thing. And, you know, we, there was more, more pieces to that puzzle, but, you know, I think he still mentions every once in a while that he was just like kind of, not in all, but like me being clueless as to how a lot of things work sometimes helped us because I just emailed him like, what's the worst he could do? Say no. And then it worked out. And then Ryan, we're like, you know, well, they, they have a, you know, it was, it's the 30, it was the 35th anniversary last year. So I'm like, you know, it could be, you know, we need this new role that we added to the script. Why don't we just see if Ryan would do it? Ryan's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seemed like the other person just jump in for the hell of it. I mean, just because. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, they had they done some like they did the Nerdist <clears throat> stuff together and they do the conventions together, but I don't think they'd been on screen together other than that Nerdist podcast since Monster Squad. I know they got some stuff that they've done together since, but I don't know if I think, anything yeah. anything had been put out up until that point when we started talking to them. So I'm just like, you know, Deborah Foreman not acting for over 20 years, you know. My mom knows her from Valley Girl, but some of my my horror friends, you know, the first thing they think of April Fool's Day waxwork. Like, yeah, you know, you have, you know, the Monster Squad. There's still tons of people that haven't experienced the glory that is the Monster Squad. But, you know, over Everyone the last Everyone 10, has 15 to. years, I mean, they use that movie in film schools now in media classes as like, a, you know, like a footer for like how something can be panned 20 and 25 years later, you know, there's a resurgence, why it was such a, a cool picture for the time, stuff like that. So it was a combination of that and just our love for the movies in general, where I think we kind of did a lot of emails and stuff like that. But, you know, I feel like in the end, the people that needed to be in those roles were in those roles. So it's just our share, our love of the genre together, I think kind of inspired people. Well, not just with the 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 larger uh, known talent that was involved. Um, Spencer, you know, a fellow filmmaker recommended Spencer, and yeah. 
as soon as I saw her audition, I, I, I was like, we can stop. <laughs> um, I, I mean, there was, you know, there was questions on, not from, uh, other producers were worried about her tattoos and stuff since Izzy yeah. is a senior in high school, but I was like, man, I'm telling you, this is just going to be a missed opportunity if we don't snatch this kid up right now. Like, <laughs> like it's, we can work around, we can put her in long sleeves in August if that's your biggest concern, because like, this is talent that deserves, like, I just, I knew, and like the dedication that she had with what she put into developing the character and pre-production was I mean, it was all her i didn't direct that girl i can't take no credit for what spencer did in that film that was all spencer which was refreshing because then i had the opportunity to work with the other talent to get them where i wanted them to be or where they needed to be so it was nice having someone carry that you know is essentially your entire film and you don't have to worry about it <laughs> like you just know they're gonna do what they're supposed to do um Shane Thompson, he was another kind of unknown. I actually, I'm the creepy woman that stalked that young man. He kept popping up on the people you might know. And I was like, God, he just has a cool look. And I, I saw that he was an actor from Columbus. And I, I just sent him a message. So I was like, hey, man, I'm an old lesbian and I'm married. But I, I was scamming on your profile. Is there any way I can get you to shoot me an audition for this film? Because I just really like like your look. He has that wholesome boy next door kind of appeal to him. So everything just came together with with the cast, with the locations. It was we've said it from the beginning, like it just it was meant to be. It was meant to come back to Ohio. Um, I kind of feel like we made the impossible with the budget we had and we shot it in 11 days. It was just. I look at it and I'm like, it it, it shouldn't be what what it is. I'm so proud of what it is because of what we had going into it. Yeah, and sure. it was everyone involved. I agree 100% because, uh, like I said, after watching the movie, I was like, this is going to be a, a fucking fantastic movie. I mean, it's going to go it's gonna go big. So, especially with the, with the cast that you had, the way it was directed, the way it was produced, it was phenomenal, in my opinion. So, And it's not a traditional horror film. I think yeah. that it's a, a subgenre that can will appeal to people who don't like the jump scares and the, the nudity and the, the over-the-top gore. Like, it's it has the horror elements for the surface entertainment, but there's so much more to it in the story and the delivery that it's cerebral in a sense of anyone who's struggled with mental health or even mania being a teenager. I mean, we've all had those, those moments of just isolation and sadness, even when the world was actually okay. I think it's something that people can watch and say, okay, I've been that sad or that depressed or yeah. that where I just felt completely isolated from the world. And I'm I'm hoping that, like I said, that it's a subgenre kind of. There's not very many films in that subgenre that don't have the jump scare, or the CGI demon, or you know, like the the production value that, in my opinion, sometimes takes away from the the emotional draw of the characters. Because I'll be honest, the Annabelle movie, I thought it was great until I saw the demon. <laughs> as soon as they showed the demon i was like what the hell did they just do they just fucked up this entire movie for me like the atmosphere was good and everything and then they showed this this demon thing and i was like man the doll should have just been floating i did not need to see <laughs> the, the, this cheap ass looking like demon thing in the background it ruined it took me out of the film and out of the story so we wanted yeah, to stay away from that go ahead yeah to add to add to that like when we had talked about it like you know, there were certain things in the script that were like, eh, this might be a little. Oh, I cut all the nudity. There was, there was nudity. Yeah. I, I cut yeah. it. Yeah. the And for me, like, 
I'm I'm a you know I'm a fan of like Joe Bob Briggs and I watch his stuff and it's always blood or what is it blood beast and or blood breast and beast or something like that. Yeah, Triple B. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I'm a fan of that stuff. I like the '80s stuff, but like for me, it's like you know, I've talked to a couple people who have like watched the film and just hated it. And you know, it comes with the territory, obviously. But then you look at their 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 you know their like their wheelhouse of the movies they enjoy, and I, there's three things that they have that our movie doesn't have boobs blood and like shitty cgi'd <laughs> beast you know what i'm saying so i it, you know it's not everybody's cup of tea but when you know the people that it's really connected with they've connected to spencer's character for one or you know multiple reasons the absent family the the mental health aspect you know the feelings of like loneliness the 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 body um i don't want to call it i, I called it body horror or anything but it, you know like the the, oh, the, the self-mutilating and the cutting and yeah self-harm you know so the fact that people are picking up on that i think if we would have thrown some boobs in there and stuff they wouldn't you know we wanted it to be a, a character uh, a story driven movie yeah and, absolutely yep. um you know you can i'm okay it. with people not liking it i'm proud of yeah, it I am too. <laughs> I am too. because you you cut you, you you know you get to a point where i i'm my own biggest critic so if somebody doesn't like something i do sometimes i beat the shit out of myself for it but you can't one thing i've learned is you can't be thin-skinned and in, in this oh no this, there's too many yeah the movie making industry is so full of egos and I drama and, and just kind of a, a plethora of bullshit from all angles. Like when people find out I make, make movies, uh, friends, family, anyone, they're like, "Oh, porn." I'm like, "I no, <laughs> porn does not make money anymore because of Pornhub." Move on. Right, so, it's free now. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's free. I'm not gonna make movies for nothing. But Slashes there's so many, so many of them that yeah, people. It's hard to get them picked up. Number one. And it's two, hard to get like, them noticed because there's so many. You can make a really good slasher film and it it completely get missed because there's so many coming out. And and the um, other thing too is I think you know you people and this isn't just the horde the horror genre in general or the supernatural but you know people people for years have been bitching about people remaking films and there's no originality anymore. But then when people do something original, other people shit all over it. So I'm I'm just like you know it's not going to be you know if you want you have to give props where they're due and like you know yeah our movie isn't perfect yeah there if if you want to watch it with a fine tooth comb there's going to be stuff things you see that you don't like but you know watch it for the fact that it was a $30,000 film shot by six people in 11 days at three locations in a small ass town in Ohio that was cat that filled casting role. Like my entire fucking family is in this movie in one way or the other because we didn't have budget to hire like extras for the day and stuff. Well, so I, I literally yeah, definitely it's it's the elements of the movie is what makes the movie. You have the, yeah. the, a great director, fantastic actors, and location is like mostly important. But like you said, you did all this within eleven days. I mean, 
and with the with the limited resources, it, it came out really fucking good. So we use the EMS scene for an example because when we started talking about how we were going to pull that off, it was maybe we can get an EMS cot at like a secondhand store or something that looks like it, and we can put some fake the lights, flashing lights yeah. in the corner, and you know. That's where my brother came in. My brother, like I said, was clutch when he needed to be. And we give him shit because we're like, man, we're going to need three grand for, for, for the budget. And even now we still give him shit for it. But he was, he has, he's more of a social butterfly locally than I am. So we used him for his connections locally. He got the, the EMS, the EMS turned out, it was supposed to just be like a pull up in the driveway and imply that she's going on the bus and watch it drive away. It turned into three hours of shots. Of watching these people come in and do their job. Yeah, yeah. we're like, hey, you guys want to be in a movie? They're like, what? We're like, hey, um, come again. <laughs> if, if if you have the time, because they were they were active duty, they, they would have got a call. They would have had to leave, but for some reason, they didn't get a call for three hours. We're like, you guys want to be in a movie? Like, what do we got to do? I said. We said, do exactly what you would do if you got a call for a psychiatric patient. And you've watched it. You've seen it. Yeah. That's, and we've had people comment on how real it looks. Well, that's because there's two, M- two EMTs and a former X-Men police cop, officer yeah. cop doing the stuff. You know, and, and, and just stuff like that didn't cost a dime. It just took support from the small town and asking. And it just upped the value. I mean, it beats the hell out of, you know, red and blue flashing lights and a shitty hospital cot, you know? I mean, so, and that was one of the benefits of working in a small town and and because it's never been done around here before, you know, there's been some cool stuff that it's happened here over the years, but Cody, you are a long winded motherfucker. I am. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> if my wife was here, she'd say the same thing. All I'm saying is that the benefit of shooting in a small town was just more than, you know, I mean, it saved us money, but it also helped us lift production value with the budget we had. And cut. Scene. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie definitely put you guys on the horror map. So, <clears throat> especially being um, my, my favorite subgenre. I love possession films. I can't get enough of possession exorcism films. And the fact I, that- I love them if they're done right. Like I've seen some that are kind of hack jobs, but then there are some that I'm like, that was a damn good. Like it, it just uh I've seen a few that just resonate with me days after I've watched it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what we want to set out to do was make a, a possession film that's you you're still thinking about a couple days later. So when is this film due to be released? Or did is it not is it, is it, or is that a secret right now? <laughs> no again that's something that's kind of fallen into my lap and okay. <clears throat> uh, we, are talking with, we are talking with distribution companies we've been in contact yeah. with a few um okay. we've had we had the world premiere at the vandale which is the town we shot in at the drive-in that was a great turnout a lot of fun um at the end of july we have an event in media pennsylvania which you're coming to right yes i will be there <clears throat> so that should be a lot of fun um it's a casting crew a watch party and then there's a meet and greet and there's a special guest that uh i'm not allowed to announce yet i don't know if i'm allowed to announce yet but if you cross over the valley 
<laughs> this is not an April Fool's Day joke. This person will be in attendance, hanging out, watching, um, doing a meet and greet prior to the showing. So that's a pretty cool event. Um, we're trying to do the festival circuit, uh, but distribution, it's hit or miss. It's not, uh, people aren't out I, for a little guy. They're really yeah, they're not. not. And the ones that are sharks in the water, and, and I'm, I'm saying that just in my limited, like I said, I've talked to eight companies and I've, you know, the first thing I was told by multiple people was if they want a retainer, move on. And, and some of these places, like you talk to them and you're, they're like, Oh, your film's great. And I just want to be like, so what happened at the end of the movie? Because I know you didn't watch it. <laughs> so my goal send is send us to your $4,000, send us your $6,000 and we'll sell your shit, but we want 48 months to do it. Yeah, it's it's like it's like those scam callers who call the elderly and like if you send us five thousand dollars, we'll send you fifty thousand. It's like bullshit. No, yeah. But yeah, so it's just right it's a hard to navigate. There's a lot yeah. out there of just I, I, no one's looking out for little guy. It's hard to get an indie film launched with a decent distribution deal, and we're in a position that we could take it on the road and make thirty grand by doing it ourselves if we have to but we're we're done <laughs> we we don't want to um i'm, I'm ready to do a rom-com <laughs> well I'm i hate kidding. to do this too but i gotta start wrapping this up time is almost out um good deal it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you too and... it's because cody's so long-winded <laughs> i know it's my fault no um, no judgment no blaming anybody here but thank you so much for joining me today i really do appreciate it um yeah it's been great and I'm looking forward to seeing the 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 showing in media. I'm definitely going to be there. Oh, yeah. I want a hug cool. and a sticker. <laughs> you shall get one. Okay. Yes. My life is complete. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. It. it was great talking to you. Me too. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Bye.